Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking everything movies, TV, comics, and entertainment. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is happening, everybody? Thank you so much for joining us this week. My name is Ken M. Joining me in studio, as always, you know him. He's the co-host. His name is Padawan J. Let me talk to you. Yeah, and boy, do we have a lot to talk about now. Oh, we do. Mm-hmm. This is the entertainment edition of the show, and obviously great news happened. The writer's strike is over. Yes, officially. Officially done. So we are halfway there. Mm-hmm. We're living on a prayer. Yep, because the Screen Actors Guild is meeting uh, allegedly this week to hopefully get a deal worked. Mm-hmm. And then we are back to 100% business across the board. Yes. But as a news media outlet, we are allowed to talk movies, TV, and comics with you. And that is what we're going to do here on the ODPH. And Pat, if people want to talk to us after the show, where do they go? ODPHpodcast.com. Right on. You swing on over there. You sign up on all the social media accounts. we got a lot of them. So... If Twitter is not your thing or if it's going away, whatever the deal is there, we don't know. We're on plenty others, so definitely hit us up, interact with us. We like talking to everybody after the show. Also, check out the T Public Store link. Merch is moving. I love seeing that before uh, New York Comic Con. I love seeing that any time of year. It just means that people are supporting the brand out in the wild, and I love seeing that. So keep it up. That's the easiest place to do it. And, uh, yeah, just make sure you're watching out for sales. We always say buy it then. Also, check out the Patreon link, patreon.com slash podcast, I believe. If not, the link is right there, and it takes you right to sign up for one tier, $2 a month, and bonus content is brewing. Uh, so stay tuned, dot, dot, dot. Also, the blog section, where if you're looking for reviews, that's the place to head to. Classified section, which has friends of the show, such as 3FM Podcast, Dragon Master Games, Nerd Initiative, and many more. The directory pad, how many providers are we on? 927,000. Sounds about right to me. The music section, where you can hear such great musicians as Brian Wolf and the Howlers, Tom Jolu, Shout at the Robots, and many, many more. Basically, if there's anything and anything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. So let us get into the show, breaking down the biggest thing going on in entertainment. And we're not going to take a deep dive into the writer's strike thing. It's just stuff's finally getting back in business. Mm-hmm. So, big bucket of win for them. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, that's nothing we really need to hype up too much, but... Like, listen, I think we're just happy to see everybody's getting back to work. Yeah. So super excited about that. And one of the shows that I know a lot of fans are talking about in the meantime and really are going to unload, breaking down, is the latest addition to the Disney Plus slash Star Wars family on Disney Plus. And, of course, that is Ahsoka, with Rosario Dawson playing the title character, Ahsoka Tano, which has been nothing but smash hit after smash hit episode Arguably their best show that they've come out with. Mm-hmm. Arguably. It's in that conversation. It's in the conversation with The Mandalorian. So there's a lot of win happening here. And so far, we are now at the penultimate episode, episode seven. Six episodes down. A lot of things were happening. Everybody's still buzzing about episode five, entitled Shadow Warrior. Mm-hmm. But heading into this episode entitled Dreams and Madness, there was a lot of questions going on. Mm-hmm. What to expect, because obviously we have to build up for a season finale that is sure to leave a lasting impression. And we have a lot to talk about. Now, if you're new to the ODPH, first and foremost, thank you for checking us out. Drop us a review. We always appreciate seeing that. What we'd like to do is give you a spoiler-free statement about what we're going to talk about. So if you haven't seen the episode yet, if you're not, it's okay. 
we tell you our thoughts, so we'll kind of maybe make an opinion for you. You go watch the episode, you pause this podcast, you jump back in, and then you're right there for the spoiler talk. If you have seen it, well, stay through the countdown because we'd like to let everybody know when the duck on, put the liner notes in the show notes. We are going to go full spoiler diving. So you have been forewarned. You can't say, oh, I didn't know you guys were doing that. Oh, no, we make sure we are very, very blatant about that. Even so much so, I think people say we do it too long, but I'm saying I don't want to get another email from anybody saying, you ruined my show. So that being said, let us get into the latest episode of Ahsoka entitled Part 7, Dreams and Madness. Pad, what is your spoiler-free statement? thought it was a good episode. It was a nice setup for the finale. You know, you got all the pieces moving into place like where uh, they're going to be for the season finale. Kind of wasn't sure what to expect with this one, just because, obviously, you know, the last episode we were like, okay... Episode five focused so heavily on Ahsoka. This, you know, episode six probably going to focus more on Sabine and and the other characters that had traveled off into the other galaxy. So honestly, I wasn't going into this episode with any like super high expectations of like, I want to see, I hope I get to see X, Y, and Z. You know, it was just kind of like, all right, I'm not sure what to expect from this. So I'm kind of happy I'm going into this blind. You know, I know they're posting uh, clips of this show before, like, a couple hours before it goes live, and I'm, like, avoiding them like the plague Mm -hmm. because, you know, I I just want to go into this as blind as I can possible, you know, and I'm even going so far as, like, once it hits 9 o'clock, my phone goes upside down and on, like, the other side of the room. Yeah. So that in case somebody hits me up for anything on any form of social media or text message, I'm like, yeah, no, sorry, like, Ahsoka's on. You have to wait the requisite time for me to get to credits before I answer anything. Mm -hmm. You know, but, no, this episode was great, you know, and I'm excited for the finale. There was a lot that I was waiting to see how they were going to set up going into the finale because Mm -hmm. we've had two very impactful episodes, Mm -hmm. one a little more than others, in my opinion, because... yeah. If you're not familiar with Star Wars Rebels, last week's episode, episode entitled Far, Far Away, maybe did not hit you as hard. If you've seen Rebels, oh, there was much Mm -hmm. to chat about after that. Mm -hmm. But after having such strong episodes back to back, I figured there would be a pause somewhere. And Mm -hmm. not like a bad pause, but it's it's kind of like when we talk in terms of pro wrestling. It's the calm before the storm. You always have to have that one match to let the crowd breathe Mm -hmm. and get back in Mm -hmm. before you go to the main event. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel they did that here. Yeah, this this was the proverbial eye of the storm. I mean, you think of, you know, a uh, thunderstorm or a tornado or even like a hurricane or a typh- uh, typhoon coming through. Mm-hmm. You know, where there's they talk about on you know the the uh, meteorologists talk about the eye of the storm and how oh that's when it's at its most calm. You know, and it's eerie and it's silent and you can't really hear. You know, there's not really a lot going on, but inevitably that storm keeps moving. And the other side of the uh, the other wall of the eye comes through and inevitably that storm starts right back up. And that's kind of where we're at is all right. You know, we made it through one part of the the craziness and now we're sitting in the calm and here comes the other side. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot that was good and it's bracing for impact because next week's finale, I think is going to be absolutely must watch TV. Mm -hmm. So that being said, let's get into that spoiler talk. Shall we in three, two, one pad. Talk to me thought it was a really good episode. Like I said, it, it set up things nicely for the finale. couple surprises I didn't see with this episode. You know, I was happy to see. I got real excited for some of those surprises. And it's going to be interesting to see where this goes because it, it's, it's going to be interesting because obviously Ray Stevenson, you know, 
in this show has been phenomenal, you know, from start to finish. He just eats up every scene he's in. He's such a great actor. He, he was such a great actor, and he's playing such a great character in this show. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because they're clearly setting up something for that character, you know, with, with the finale. But where it goes is kind of going to be tough to see because of his unfortunate uh, passing. Mm-hmm. You know, but he, he's been great. Thrawn is just eating up every scene he's in. And for those of you who aren't familiar with just how much of a tactician he is, boy, he's showing off for you here. This dude, like I've said, is four steps ahead of everybody. And and you sit there and go, why is he doing this? And uh, just wait. It'll play out. It, it'll play out uh, eventually here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought this episode had a lot of setup going on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's really crazy to see how everything is getting in the final stages mm-hmm. because we've had such two impactful episodes that eventually the breaks had to come on somewhere. Yeah. And even though there was a lot happening here, it did feel like a slower paced episode, which I'm not mad about. I want to mm-hmm. stress that, but I thought, I mean, such a strong performance by the late Ray Stevenson, like you touched upon, you know, really carried this episode as well. And especially coming off that intro, which definitely will have fans talking, mm-hmm. but there was a lot that is just built up that once we get to the final scene, there's there, the anticipation is that much higher. Yes. And so let's talk about that opening scene because we are on a familiar planet. Yeah, we are. Pad, where are we? We're on Coruscant. Mm-hmm. And after the ramifications <laughs> of the <laughs> actions that took place by Hera Sindola, mm-hmm. played by Mary Elizabeth Winsett, uh, the Republic is not happy. Well, some of them aren't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's in front of the... Uh, defense counsel it's a disciplinary hearing because she asked permission a couple episodes ago like hey ahsoka needs help she's taking care of this thing you know i want to go help her and they told her no mm-hmm. and she went and left anyways and she and uh she was told like hey this is going to come back to bite you and sure enough it did mm-hmm. so the council is there debating about what to do and mm-hmm. there is one member that is not exactly too happy boy howdy yeah, Senator Ion? Uh, Iono, I think is how you say it. Mm-hmm. X X I O N O. Yeah, uh, this this council is of course uh, of course headed up by um, Mon Mothma, who, who we know from uh, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andor, Andor Andor was also the, we saw in Return of the Jedi. She is the Chancellor of the New Republic, so she's the head of this hearing. You know, this isn't really even a formal disciplinary hearing. This is more just a hearing of like, all right, let's see what's going on and does this warrant you know, some sort of punishment. You know, this is just kind of like the, the pre-trial, I guess you could say. Yeah. Well, you, you know, but yeah, you're right. Uh, Senator Iono is less than thrilled. And, and for all of the folks who were sitting there, you know, when the when the sequels were coming out going, how the heck could the New Republic fall so quickly? You know, they just kicked the Empire in the teeth and they just won and then yada, yada, yada. And it's like, how the hell could they come in there and, and take over so quickly? Well, it's dudes like this where... It's not officially confirmed, you know, at least not yet, as of this recording. I'm willing to bet this dude's on the payroll of the Empire. Oh, completely. That, like, you know, he he might have his allegiance and he might represent whatever planet he is supposed to be representing. Mm -hmm. But his pockets are getting lined thoroughly from what remains of the Empire. Yeah, Nelson Lee, who plays center, I don't know. Uh, did a great job with this, mm-hmm. and obviously reprising her role as Mon Mothma is Genevieve O'Reilly. Yeah. So they're having a great back and forth trying to assess the situation, but then somebody crashes the party. Mm-hmm. Well, they're almost to the point of, you know, wanting to give her a court martial, mm-hmm. you know, and court martialing Hera. 
And, you know, and, and she can't even really get an explanation out and like explain what's going on. Cause I don't know, just keeps knocking her down and just like, no, listen, you disobeyed orders. This isn't right. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But no, then you hear off in the background and she gets a little help, a little, uh, from a friend and that would be C3PO. Uh, C-3PO arrives and basically has his like, hey, sorry, she can't be here, but Senator Leia Organa, you know, authorized Hera's mission. And as the head of the Defense Council, uh, if you have any issues with with uh, Senator Organa, you know, authorizing this mission, you should really take it up with her. Yeah, great tie back to the original uh, three movies. Mm-hmm. And like I say, to see C-3PO show up, Anthony oh, Daniels' voice in him. As I got always. so excited. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great nostalgia moment, and it ties everything back to the original. So. Also, uh, Senator Iono, I got to point out, playing with fire, calling, insulting droids while Chopper's in the room. Yeah. A known war criminal. Mm-hmm. So never, never forget. Play with fire there. Chopper is a war criminal. Mm-hmm. So... It turns out to work in Hera's favor. Uh-huh. But it is kind of left with a little bit of a warning. Well, and, and and also Mon Mothma knows, and she even says this to Hera after the whole meeting is over, that she's like, all right, listen, let's cut through the crap. You and I both know Leia didn't or uh, authorize your your mission. And, mm-hmm. and even Hera goes, yeah, well, she did eventually, you know, very late. And that's when, you know, finally Mon Mothma is like the voice of reason for the council and goes, all right, really, like, leave aside your personal experiences and your feelings about him aside. How genuine is the threat of Thrawn? Mm-hmm. And she basically says, like, listen, it's not a matter of if he shows up, it's when he shows up and we need to be ready. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a stern warning about the drastic measures taken, but honestly, there's weight to the situation going on. Mm-hmm. Then we switch to a certain planet known as Paradia. Mm-hmm. And this is where all the action is really happening because yep. the Purgils are finally on their way to the destination of Thrawn. Mm-hmm. And, of course, Thrawn being Thrawn has a minefield set up. Yeah, he does. So this is where a lot of the Purgils are disappearing, leaving Ahsoka and Huang uh by their own selves. Yeah, so we see a little montage of Ahsoka training some lightsaber combat, lightsaber forms, which is cool. It's it's the audio we heard from the trailer, mm-hmm. you know, with Anakin, which was, hey, it's cool to see him in, again in hologram form. You know, and, and Hu Yang comes up to her. Hu Yang, I apologize for messing that up earlier. Uh, Hu Yang comes up to her and goes, hey, I think we're finally coming out of hyperspace. She's like, well, she's basically like, hey, well, we're in the middle of a Pergil's mouth. How can you tell? He's like, oh, my instruments indicate to me they're slowing down their acceleration. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you, they come out of there and they can tell something's wrong, but they're still in the mouth and they come out. And yeah, you're right. The uh, Thrawn with the foreknowledge of the uh, the grandmothers, I, I think was their, their name lay in a minefield mm-hmm. uh, because the hyperspace ring is still in orbit around the planet. So the forces that are still on the ring went out and laid a minefield. And while the Pergil were protecting, were protecting them to some and who Yang opens his mouth and goes, Oh, at least we're being protected a little bit by the Pergil. The Pergil then start to take off ergo trapping them in this other galaxy because that was Ahsoka's way in. Now she ain't got no way out unless they somehow capture the hyperspace ring. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting scenario happening here, but Ahsoka and Hu Yang are kept really away from the planet Mm -hmm. because Thrawn set up a trap. And you almost have to wonder now, is Ahsoka and company going to have to like take Thrawn's Star Destroyer or whatever it was that brought the... Uh, other folks to that galaxy because 
Uh, Ahsoka's ship uh, in in the hyperspace ring, uh, the tire's a little too big for that car. Yeah. They're going to have some problems, so they're going to have to figure something out Mm -hmm. and, and rather quickly. Yep. But meanwhile, we do get caught up to Sabine mm-hmm. meeting up with the imposter, question mark. No. There was a lot of chatter online Good that grief. Ezra Bridger is not who he says he is. Good grief, people. Which I had to laugh about. So. No, it's just Thrawn is a brilliant tactician, and he is always four steps ahead of people. It's not always successful, mm-hmm. but he's always four steps ahead of people. Case in point, an episode of Rebels where he let them go and then was able to capture them later because he let them go and figured out where they went. Right. So you do see the pair and the Nadi are making their way through the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, allegedly, back to Thrawn's castle. Well, I well no, it was never really said. Well, I think it was alluded to at the end of the last episode where he basically said like the Nadi are this like uh, traveling species where like they never for their own safety they never stay in one place for very long. And Sabine caught up to them at a point where they're like, all right, hey, we've been in one place for too long. We got to go. So they're on their way to wherever they're going to, you know, uh, set up camp next. And that's when they get ambushed. And it's like, well, crap. Yeah. They get attacked by the Haiti. Yeah. The Haiti. And then uh, also Balin Skull and then uh, uh, Shin uh, Shin Hadi. Yeah. So there is a massive fight scene going on. Yeah. And great action sequence. You do see something that definitely caused a little puzzle, at least in my eyes. Yeah. Because as you saw... Ezra Bridger, who's mm-hmm. played by Iman Esfandi, mm-hmm. uh, you see him not take the lightsaber yeah. back from Sabine Wren, who's played by Natasha Bordizio. Which he did give to her. Yeah. Yeah, so it was kind of like a weird back and forth because she gave it back, and he's like, no, no, I have the force. I'm good. Yeah. And to kind of see them play off each other back and forth. I mean, I thought it was a fun segment, but I thought it was kind of puzzling, too. Yeah, it was. I mean, there really wasn't a, a great explanation. He's just like, no, it's yours. But it's mm-hmm. like, I, it... I can only imagine it was just like something he picked up on his on his journey or his travel since he left Sabine. You know, because he left Sabine at a, I don't want to say a very young age, but he was he was in his teen teenage years. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's been like 20, 30 years, whatever it's been. So he's he's a little older. He's a little more wizened. You know, got a little more experience. So with having lived and and fought presumably on this planet without a lightsaber, he's probably picked, you know, and and obviously, you know, it's one thing to handle stormtroopers or or uh, night troopers as the, as they're known with uh, this crew. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to fight these guys because let's face it, they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn if they're standing right in front of it. They couldn't hit an ocean if they were standing on the dock. Yeah, their headshots were bad. Their headshots are bad. You know, so it's one thing to fight these guys, but like. It was interesting that he's like, oh, no, I don't need a lightsaber. I don't need a... And she's like, well, at least take a weapon. And he... No, he, he fought without a weapon for a good portion. A good portion of the, the battle scenes. And like yeah. I said, fight choreography was on point. Yeah. Really good sequence happening. And then they do get some backup because Ahsoka and Hu Yang mm-hmm. make their way finally on the planet. Like, they do some bobbing and weaving, but they yeah. do make their way through yep. all of Thrawn's forces that are keeping them hidden at bay. Yeah. They make a star-studded appearance... Ahsoka comes in, the fight is going on, her and Skull have a little uh, meeting of the minds. Well, and there's an interesting interaction between Skull and, and Shin Hadi before this whole fight takes place where, like, they finally catch up to Ezra and crew, and they and he has Hadi radio into Thrawn, like, hey, we found Ezra. Mm-hmm. And at that point, they're going to split. They're, he's going to go his way because he's got something he needs to do. It's it's whatever is it is to do with this planet that he's sensing on the on the planet, mm-hmm. and she's going to go 
capture Ezra and, and join the new empire. He even says, yeah. So, so something's going on with him again. We're, you know, we're going into the finale here. Something is on this planet. That's got him real excited and real happy to be there. We, we still don't know what it is, but he was getting ready to go take off and, and do that. And that's when Ahsoka showed up and was ready for round two. And kudos to the cinematographer of this episode, mm-hmm. because I got such a heavy, you know, old black and white, samurai film feel yeah when this fight was about ready to go down that like the only thing missing was like close-up shot of one fighter close-up shot of the other fighter start the fight that like but i still got this heavy samurai movie feel to this fight yeah no i agree with you too i think they set it up like most of those classic mm-hmm. uh you know like you touched on samurai films of, of yesteryear and it just it had that feel like yeah mean, we always kind of say that the Mandalorian has a Western vibe yeah, to it. Yeah, You know, and this one, I think, borrowed a little bit, but it was, like I said, it was, it was more focused on the setup for the sword fight, the great yeah. cinematography with that as well. Yeah. And really kind of gave uh, an interesting ploy. And honestly, who knows who is going to win the battle between Skull and Ahsoka. Right. Hu Yang uh, intervenes. Yeah, he, he he sets up a, he sets off a firework display. That's about the only thing I can call it, I, you know, an explosion or whatever that distracts and blinds, you know, uh, Balin Skull's vision to Ahsoka where she takes his mount and then rides off to help with uh, Sabine and the other uh, Nadi forces uh, take on, you know, the um, the Empire. Mm-hmm. So it is kind of interesting to see how everything plays off. Mm-hmm. And when you have the standoff happening as well, too, because Sabine has been having this great battle, too, going, yeah. going on with Shin. Thank God she's got the Beskar. Mm-hmm. So they've been kind of doing the back and forth. And, you know, Ahsoka, basically, they overtake her. Mm-hmm. And when she has to leave, right? I don't know how that's going to fly over. Well, so it's it's also interesting because... Thrawn, as we, as anyone who's read the old book books or even saw him in Rebels, knows he's this brilliant tactician that, like, you know, he when when Ahsoka drops out of hyperspace and there's the space battle, which was a fantastic space battle, mm-hmm. and they eventually go into the debris field and they and he's like, ah, oh, you know what, pull back, it's fine, you know, well, you know, he figures out. Thrawn figures out who her master is, and Thrawn about shits his pants mm-hmm. because he he reads her files very quickly, like her training and who her master was. He, he goes, her master was Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And, and El, Morgan Elsbeth goes, well, yeah. And he goes, yeah, pull back all forces immediately. Mm-hmm. So he about shits his pants going, holy shit, wait a minute. And then he figures out, well, oh, Anakin Skywalker. He knows all about Anakin Skywalker and, and have his modes and his tactics. And he goes, you know what? She was trained by him. He was, you can't do anything predictably with him. You got to expect the unexpected. So she's like, oh, why don't we do that? Go with this plan. And he flashes her out and he does the same thing with the, uh, uh, the battle here is he he's watching the battle on the tactical display and he goes, well, wait a minute, we're missing one. Where's Balin's goal? Because in his mind, he's got the plan all mapped out in his head of how it's going to work. But the instant one of those key ingredients to the recipe isn't there, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the 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 meal is is thrown off and it won't work. And he's like, you know what? We're, you know, this is a loss, but it's an acceptable loss. And in some eyes, you can even qualify this as a win in the long game. Why don't we pull back our forces? And it confuses the fuck out of Shin Hadi because mm-hmm. the the droid that I presume was, you know, mapping or showing the whole fight back on his tactical display, because there was that droid flying through the air that didn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. I think it was transmitting the tactical data. It starts broadcasting an alarm that the force that the uh, night troopers know, hey, 
GTFO. Yeah. They all leave, and, and it leaves Shin Hadi kind of going there, like, wait a minute, what is going on? And she's like, so then she faces down Ezra, Ahsoka, and Sabine, who two of the three have lightsabers. Two of the three can use the Force, mm-hmm. and it's like, uh, shit, I'm outnumbered, and she takes off. Yeah. So it is kind of crazy to see this all happen, but Thrawn is obviously saying, cut my losses and live to fight another day. Because the other thing he brings up is is Morgan Elsbeth's like, well, what are you doing? It's We've got them outnumbered. And, and uh, Thrawn even says, this is like watching the Jedi of old. Because mm-hmm. it's the tactical display. It's the three blue dots, which are, you know, is Sabine, uh, Ezra, and Ahsoka. And it's just them wiping out. What seemingly to any military tactician would say, yeah, that's insurmountable odds. It, it's it's General Custer's last stand mm-hmm. type of thing. But it's like, yeah, it's like watching the Jedi of old, you know. But he, he pulls him back, and it's just like it's just watching him go. And it's like, yeah, no, this this is this is Thrawn. It's Thrawn to the letter mm-hmm. because he obviously is is seeing he's playing chess. Yeah, while everybody's playing checkers. Everyone's not even playing checkers; they're playing you know tic tac toe. Yeah, like I say. They're so far behind, but he is, that's his, you know, superpower, I guess you can kind of say. Yeah. So he pulls everybody back and he's getting ready to leave the planet, which will obviously leave Ahsoka and her team completely trapped. Because he feels he has the the, uh, upside or or whatever you want to say. He's got advantage. That's what I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Because Morgan Elizabeth goes, well, hey, wait a minute. You've got them outnumbered. And it's, he's like, well, yeah, we do, but we've got something that Ah Ahsoka doesn't. Mm -hmm. That's time. He goes, oh, and the entire time we've been doing this whole charade and we've been going through this whole process, he show, he talks about how it's allowed them to get all the cargo or whatever from the planet they want to take. And it shows a display of the cargo hold of the Chimera, his, his Super Star Destroyer. And it's like 97, 98% full. Mm-hmm. And he goes, yeah, that's take time. She's not, Ahsoka is now far away from us and we now have time and she doesn't. Yeah. So... He makes his move, but we do get the happy ending of mm-hmm. Ahsoka, Ren, and Bridger all coming together. Yep. And obviously, it's it's the feel-good moment before yeah. what is arguably going to be the the end mm-hmm. for somebody. Yeah. So, and that's how the episode ends. I mean, it's kind of like a happy ending to mm-hmm. a degree, but it's Star Wars, so not everything can be that happy. It's a happy ending. It's, it's, it's kind of like uh, Empire Strikes Back in a certain way, where it's like, oh, yeah, hey... You survived. You made it through. But, like, yeah, it's not setting up uh, real happy here. Right. But it will be something to watch, though, as the season finale is moving forward. And note I said season, not series. Mm-hmm. fully believe we're getting a second one of some sort. Either it's going to be renamed Star Wars Rebels mm-hmm. or it's going to just be Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Or Boba Fett, too. <laughs> I mean, anything could happen. Maybe, maybe. Well, you know, like I said, they've always talked about now, especially with the strike being over, I think we're going to hear more talk of the movie probably probably and i think all all signs are pointing to bring everybody together for that yeah so i mean all in all i mean i thought it was a very solid episode yeah it was i mean there was strong dramatic acting like i said the late ray stevenson did a phenomenal job Mm -hmm. rosario dawson's always on point too especially like with her and hu yang uh Mm -hmm. the back and forth banter yeah and then i mean thrawn i mean for anybody that's complaining about mickelson's uh performance listen he voiced him in rebels he he is thrawn yeah, I'm really not sure where it's coming from, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Lars is doing a very good job with the role. My so, only complaint is it's not enough TV time with Thrawn. I hate that we had to wait so long. Well, you know, I think it's because they're setting up for something bigger. Yeah, no, they are. And that's the problem. When you they have are. to wait for something bigger, Yeah, it's going to take time. And, and, you know, Star Wars, I mean, let's face it, we're all impatient fans. I don't uh, think there's any fan that is not impatient. This is true. 
because we want it now, now, now. I don't care about this nonsense about fatigue mm-hmm. of the superhero genres and all that. Because trust me, if, if people were tired of them, they wouldn't go, period. Mm-hmm. It just depends on you know what is the fandom and what is taken off. And Star Wars, I mean, you think about how long they've been around for years. They're still excited about this. There's renewed faith. Mm-hmm. And then until we get the next incarnation of whatever it's going to be, I know Visions is coming, but still that's not the same thing. Right. The next live action I think will definitely be the, the telling tale, and I think we're going to hear something about it at the end of next week's episode. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, here's up on the hashtag, hashtag ODPHPod. What is your thoughts about Ahsoka? Part 7 entitled Dreams and Madness. We definitely want to have that conversation. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hi, guys. This is Macroom. I'm the writer of Infernogo Red, and you're listening to the ODPH Podcast. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pad, we got a lot to talk about, so let's do it. Yeah, I've got a couple things to talk about here. Uh, first of which is we might have a uh, little hint at what is in the future uh, here in the near, near future for the Dragon Ball franchise. Okay. Uh, because allegedly we're going to be getting a new anime, uh, canon anime, that whole thing, Dragon Ball superhero or whatever it is that... It's been online a couple of years, not canon, uh, but an official canon anime because uh been leaked online the last couple of days that the next uh, Dragon Ball anime, rumor has it, is be going to be called Dragon Ball Magic. Hmm. Now, there is going to be a Dragon Ball exhibit coming to New York Comic Con this year, as there is, well, every year. Yeah. They, they've always got a display there. Yeah, that's not anything new. Uh, but before this event come, is scheduled to happen, there is uh, a, been a leak online and some details about Magic have uh, hit the web uh so the room so the rumor is that it's going to be a web anime released by the franchise uh and then and reading from an article on uh, sportskedia.com uh the article says quote the information has been provided by two dragon ball anime leakers dbs hype and super super chronicles on twitter According to the leak, Aya Komaki will be directing the series while Katsuyoshi uh, Nakasuru will be the character designer. Meanwhile, animators like Shin, uh, Shintani uh, Kubota and Taka, Takahashi will be participating in the new project. Additionally, the leak revealed that an- the animation will feature a 90s art style that will be animated using modern technologies and some CG. That being said, one will have to wait until the Dragon Ball exhibit takes place at New York Comic Con on October 12th, 2023, when the, uh, the same may get announced officially. Uh, also, it says, according to the leaks, fans can expect Dragon Ball Magic anime to be released in the first half of 2024. The web anime series will release 14 to 15 episodes, each of which will be about 30 to 40 minutes long. Uh, considering the anime has been rumored to be a web series, it will not be airing on Fuji TV. Instead, the anime is being rumored to become exclusively available on Crunchyroll in most countries worldwide. Close quote. Which means uh, if anyone's familiar with when Dragon Ball Super was hitting Crunchyroll like an hour after it aired on television, expect Crunchyroll to crash frequently. Yeah. Uh, I remember those days. Trying to watch Dragon Ball Super episodes on Crunchyroll was damn near impossible the night it came out. Uh, so super excited for this, whatever it ends up being. You know, whether it's anime or anime, whether it's canon, whether it's not rumor has it, it's going to be canon. We'll have to wait and see. But if it's any new Dragon Ball content, I am here for it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is the fan base is always stuck by it mm-hmm. no matter what There's so reason it's been relevant for all these decades yeah so i mean i'm not super shocked by that mm-hmm. but i you know i am excited to see how the reaction is going to be like yeah. you know me i'm not the super big 
uh, Dragon Ball fan than sure, you are, but sure. I respect the fandom. So Yeah, uh, and then speaking of something we know is coming out, and that is specifically this Friday, although I wouldn't be surprised if they pull one of those. Oh, hey, it's out at 9 o'clock the night before. Uh, but specifically coming out this Friday, uh, September 29th, it is going to be a spinoff from The Boys on Amazon Prime. Yes. And this is Gen V. Uh, so the description of this reads, uh, from the world of the boys comes Gen V, which explores the first generation of superheroes to know that their superpowers are from Compound V. These heroes put their physical and moral boundaries to the test, competing for the school's top ranking, close quote. So again, if you have seen the boys, expect a lot of gratuity, a lot of violence, a lot of uh, NSFW uh, content. Mm -hmm. uh, don't watch this with kids in the room. Super excited for this, though. Uh, I love the boys. Cannot wait for the next season to come out. But th this is a little, I guess, uh, appetizer, a little little something, something in between main courses. That uh, should be fun. Yeah, the thing about it is it's based off the, the premise of like their version of the X-Men. Mm -hmm. So you have to remember the boys is not satire but mm -hmm. it shows the dark side of being a superhero mm -hmm. and especially like, it combines so many elements i mean the garth ennis uh dark robinson run was just phenomenal mm -hmm. you know like i say but to see how they're gonna do the spinoff i'm curious to see how long it's gonna be because right. if memory serves me and obviously please correct me on hashtag odph pod I don't think it goes that long in the comics. Uh, so as we can't say anything about future seasons, mm -hmm. don't know anything quite yet, but for this season, it looks like it's going to be eight episodes. Okay. Well, I mean, I think that's a good size. Mm -hmm. Like you don't want to go super crazy with a new series, especially like it's a spinoff. So there's only so much you can do. Right. But I think like for overall, eh, have to wait and see. Uh, and as for reviews, some early reviews, because the embargo did drop today as we record, looking over at Rotten Tomatoes, uh, with 22 reviews in, it has a review score of 100%. Okay, not super shocked by that, because you know what? Fans love this franchise. Uh -huh. So I could imagine if it's if it has a little bit of that magic, yeah, yeah. they're going to jump into it. Yeah, and then a couple of things uh, got announced uh, from the folks over at Netflix because they had a whole uh, feature premiere, whatever you want to call it, for some of their animated stuff. Kind of like a to dumb, but not to dumb. Yeah, not a full-blown thing, just a little stream. Uh, they did announce that there is going to be a Devil May Cry anime released. Oh. Uh, it's being developed by Studio Mir. Uh, really not a whole lot to go on. The trailer they put out for it is like 30 seconds. So it obviously features the title, uh, the main character, Dante. You know, it, the animation looks cool, and I'm kind of interested to see where they go with this because Devil May Cry, obviously a longstanding franchise, mm -hmm. got a lot of fans. I mean, I'm interested to check this out, so we'll see what happens with that. Uh, they also gave us a t uh, first trailer for the upcoming Tomb Raider anime series. Again, it's like a 50-second trailer, so yeah, not a lot to go on other than we know they're going with kind of the look and uh, art style, I guess you could say, of the newer games, right. not, not the older ones. So kind of give you an idea what to go with with that. Again, no release dates for this. We just know that uh, Tomb Raider is coming sometime next year. Uh, and then we did get a clip uh, from the Scott Pilgrim anime. Uh, that is coming out November 17th on Netflix. It looks good. That looks fun. It looks good. I will say, though, and I know it, the, it's the entire original cast voice reprising their roles in this project. Mm -hmm. Michael Sarah and this does not sound like Michael Sarah. I remember from the movies. Yeah, it, something sounds off there. Admittedly, it's been a couple of years since I've seen that movie, so I could just be misremembering the voice. But sure. But from this clip, that does not sound like Michael Sarah. No, I fully agree with you. Something sounds off with that. Yeah. And, and I'm not sure, like I say, it's not a shot taken. It's just no. something sounds off but with for, the for, audio. But for one of the whole pitch points of this anime is it's the entire cast from the movie that, like, the group chat got revived and they all want, they all pitched to do it. And they all agreed. So we'll see. 
Yeah. It looks good, though. It looks very good. Um, let's get into a couple other stories that broke because, obviously, everything falling out of the Writers Guild thing. There was a couple stories. Uh, one, I hate seeing this happen, but uh, I had an idea something might be, and that is uh, Stars was made a couple cancellations for some series. Okay. But the one that I think affects us most is Stephen Amell's Heels. Oh. So this is the one that he was doing the pro wrestling drama. Um, lasted a couple seasons. I know Jared from Punch the Timeline, shout out to him, was doing a phenomenal podcast about that too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was just announced uh, according to Variety that, yeah, some shows were canceled and his was the top of the list. Like, not purposely, but just right, right, the one right. everybody's running with because right. everybody knows that one super well so right uh yeah so a little crazy but not to be surprised like i think it it kind of flew under a lot of fans radars well and, and stars is also uh, and if this isn't a shot against stars but like stars is a very hard channel to get stuff on with and keep it going with mm-hmm. just because when you think of some of the more the the, the higher subscribed uh uh premium channels yeah you know they're not exactly in like the top three Mm-hmm. You know, you got you got HBO is probably number one. Showtime, I would say, is probably number two. You know, and and then maybe Stars is three, possibly four. So I I just know with subscriber count, Stars is not that big. So ultimately, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, when it comes to whether you keep a show going or not, is are you bringing in those subscriptions, mm-hmm. and are you bringing in the viewers? Because yeah. for us. As, as viewers, I could care less what a show's rating is. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't affect me. I don't get a paycheck out of it. But for the, the networks, you know, why are we going to put, you know, however many thousands or millions of dollars into these shows if nobody's watching it? Yeah, that's the one thing you got to remember with that, too. So, like I say, it's it's kind of a little crazy to see it get canceled. Not super shocked. Yeah, no. Um, Like I say, I, I've I've gone through uh, Jared's pun- or podcast, like okay. I said, and that's kind of how I've caught up on it. He does a great job with it, too, by the way. Uh, so, yeah, so that's kind of leading off uh, as we're now kicking back into television season. So we will obviously start hearing a lot of stuff getting mm-hmm. announced, yeah. which is good. Yeah. And just, uh, you know, set, you know, the SAG deal has I'm hope I'm optimistic that's going to be finalized this week. I know they're plan- like I said, everything I've heard is like they're planning on having talks again this week. But okay. I think the with the WGA done, I think that that one might move a little quicker because mm-hmm. you've already got one with the biggest hurdles out of the way. Super excited about that. As I am excited because as we're recording today's new comic book day. Yeah. So, Pad, what are you picking up at the shops? Uh, Going to pick, be picking up Action Comics issue number 1057. This one from Phil K. Johnson. Cannot go wrong with his run of Superman right now. Uh, this one reads, as the Super Family and Steelworks rebuild their city, a new golden age of Metropolis has begun. And not everybody is happy about it. Uh, as the charismatic but volatile young terrorist leader Nora Stone reveals herself and her vision for a city without Kryptonians, members of the superfamily inexplicably start losing their powers, and a new team of metahumans emerge to take their place. Who is Nora Stone? And what's her strange obsession with Clark Kent? The newest arc of Action Comics begins here. Super excited for this. Love uh, Philip Johnson's work. Uh, cannot recommend it enough. Mm. Also from the folks over at DC, Batman Beyond, Neo-Gothic, issue number three. I know this one will have your attention because on the cover of this one it says, On Trial with the Court of Owls. Take my money. Who will survive? Uh, this this one from Colin Kelly. Uh, you know, Colin Kelly is one of the authors. Jackson Lansing is another one of the authors. Uh, and then you've got Max Dunbar is done the cover art and also the penciler. Uh, you've got the description of this one reading, In the darkness beyond, a looming threat waits. Behold, the Court of Owls. But who will they seek and why? Uh, 
After escaping the wrath of Killer Croc, Batman comes face to beak with the most terrifying court to ever exist. But in order to get the answers he seeks, he must be willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. Can Batman act against his mission to protect? All this and the truth behind the magic is revealed. So super excited for this lesson. It's Court of Owls. You can't go wrong with that. Yeah, plus I believe the Mind Hives are right in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from the folks over Marvel, you've got Ultimate Invasion, issue number four. This one from, of course, Jonathan Hickman. This one reads, The End or the Beginning? War breaks out as timelines and universes collide. Iron Man must choose between the lesser of two evils, the Maker of the maker or Kang. But what secret does Iron Man know about the, man, uh, the men behind the masks? And at the end of it all, the world outside your window will be forever changed. Don't miss this giant action-packed conclusion, or is it only the beginning? Dot, 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 question mark. Uh, this sucker's 49 pages. Yeah, it, well... This is a hefty boy. It's a hefty one, but there's a lot going on there, and obviously with hearing the news of Ultimate Spider-Man coming mm-hmm, back, mm-hmm. I think you're going to have a lot of fans watching this one play out. There's a lot of stuff going on with this cover, too. Yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a busy cover, but it's a, but like I say, it tells a big story, too. Uh-huh. So, from my end, uh, let's go back to DC for a quick second. And I agree with you. Action Comics is one to pick up this week, too. Like I say, the whole Superman family is doing big things. Mm-hmm. So, you definitely want to make sure you're picking up all those books when they drop. The one that really caught my eye this week, and uh, like I say, a lot of people buzzing about this, is there's a new Flash. Simon Spurrier, Michael uh, Diotto. This one is not your average Flash story. I want to stress this. Okay. So there's a lot of moving parts, no pun intended, happening with The Fastest Man Alive. So this one is a very interesting read. If you want to have a different take on The Scarlet Speedster, this is one to pick up. And it'll definitely hit the marks with it. Um, Also, one of my favorite series that has really been picking up steam lately, and I like seeing this because I think it's just so well done, is the brand new Penguin series. Mm. So, like I say, this one is one from Tom King, uh, Rafael de la Torre. And the series is crazy because the Penguin is returning to Gotham after being uh, more or less written off. Mm -hmm. And he is forced to do work for the government. So it's interesting to see how the, the crime kingpin is working his way back up. This one is a very, very tricky read. I dug it, though. It's it's a very cool thing. I know Tom King's writing is kind of polarizing with a lot of our, our listeners, and I get it and respect it. Yeah. But me, I've always liked the stuff, so this one really jumped out at me. I was very, very excited about picking this one up and definitely can't stop singing the praises about it. Also, one to catch is the Batman Catman, or Catwoman War is, is really heating up. Uh, I believe they have a new chapter out it's featuring the Red Hood and what side he took in this whole uh, deal, which... If you haven't been checking that out, that's been a really interesting read. And what is happening, I think you're going to see a lot of lasting ramifications by the time it's all said and done. But it's an interesting concept that they're running with. So I definitely say that is one to obviously keep your eyes out for at the comic shops this week. Let's see. Over on our favorite indies, let's start with Image and Void Rivals. Skybound Entertainment, what can you say about this? The Energon universe is really doing big things. A lot is happening with this series, and you definitely want to make sure you're caught up on this before next month the official kickoff happens, in my opinion, with Transformers dropping. Hmm. So I believe that is still slated for early October, so you definitely want to make sure you're caught up now. 
Void Rivals flew under a lot of people's radars until the news broke, and now it's really kicking in high gear. Also, from Skybound and Image, Firepower, uh, the latest chapter as they're getting set to close up shop at 30. Uh, number 27 is dropping this week, so you definitely want to make sure you go check that out. I know there's a great review up by Marty from the Nerd Initiative bullpen right now, so you definitely want to see that. The Schlub, number two, is out. Strong first issue, waiting to see what happens in this second one. The Dead Lucky, number nine, Melissa Flores, enough said, is Massiverse. You really want to check out the story that's happening there. I, I say all the time, Massiverse, Massiverse, Massiverse. It, that's all that needs to be said. This is true. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, also, the Savage Strength of Starstorm. Now, this one is for a throwback audience. If you really like your classic superhero tales, what Drew Craig is doing, because he does the art and he does the writing for this, he puts in so many characters. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm losing track. And I mean this the nicest way possible, because I do believe he listens to the show. By the way, he should come on and talk to us about this book. Just put it out there. I really feel like he's adding so much in here that you're really getting the bang for your buck with this book. And especially if you like that Kirby-esque style of writing, this is right up your alley. So this is something you definitely want to make sure you're checking out. And you know, let me know what you're thinking about this, because I think more people need to be investigating in this book. I'm just putting it out there. Also, from Boom Studios, coming right off the heels of Image, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers 112, Melissa Flores. And what can you say? The story is heating up of The Darkest Hour. This is a really interesting book, let me tell you, because there's a lot of fast-moving action, but this one will have the emotional impact that you're looking for as a reader, so you definitely want to keep your eye out for that. Uh, also, R.L. Stein's Stuff of Nightmares. Oh, So if, cool. you're, if you're a fan of that, and obviously we're getting into Halloween season, you definitely want to check that out. Also, Alice Never After, Dan Pinozin's crazy take on the world of Alice in Wonderland. This book is a monster, so you definitely want to make sure you're checking that out at the shops this week. Also, Dark Horse Comics. See, I got a lot of... This is a stacked week, as you can tell. Usagi Yojimbo, Ice and Snow. So this was one that is generating a lot of buzz amongst comic fans, so you definitely want to keep your eye out for that. Star Wars Hyperspace Stories. I believe that is one up your alley, Padawan. Absolutely. So that one's definitely making a, a great a great amount of noise, too, and it's a really great book as well. Black Hammer, The End, number two. So the classic series, we got to kind of see how things are shaping up because if they're talking, it's the end. It might be the end. Just saying. Also, Marvel, big week from them as well, like Pat touched upon, Ultimate Invasion. Invincible Iron Man number 10. Uh-oh. Somebody's getting married. Yeah, so the nuptials between Tony Stark and Emma Frost are in full effect. Place your bets, folks. Place your bets. How long will it last? Yeah, I I've, I caught the issue. Interesting take. Just mm. going to put it out there without spoiling anything. So I think it's one... I'm waiting to see the reaction from fans. Okay. Like, I thought it was cool. I, I liked it. I thought it was like, all right, this is interesting. But it ties into a lot that's happening in that universe. So you definitely want to make sure you're checking that out. Also, Moon Knight, City of the Dead, David Pepos. Pad, why is that name so synonymous with the show right now? Uh, I don't know. Because next week, David Pepos is coming on Nerd Initiative's Turn a Page live on YouTube. Ooh. Tuesday night, 8 p.m. So he's going to be talking about... a a few other books and we might get him to talk some moon Knight, city of the dead with us. Mm. So super excited to talk to him. I've uh, had the chance to pl- pleasure of meeting him. Uh, great guy. And like I say, his, uh, his Marvel stuff is great. His indie stuff is even better in my opinion. Like I say, but like I say, you're talking one, a one B right. So like I say that he does phenomenal work. And like I say, 
Can't wait to have him on the show to start talking to him about that as well. Also, there is another Avengers book that you might want to keep your eyes for, and that's Avengers Annual Number 1, Stephanie Phillips and Paco Medina. So you definitely want to keep your eyes out for that. And if we're talking Stephanie Phillips, you will hear very, very shortly on the ODPH, and if you're a subscriber, well, you're going to really enjoy this. We had the privilege of talking to her about the brand-new hit book on Comixology Originals, Black Sight. This book is a monster, folks. If you're not checking this out, you need to go read this issue. It is absolutely crazy. It's a psychological thriller, and we had a chance to talk to Stephanie about it, and it was a great interview, and definitely can't wait to have her back on the show to talk some more books because, like I said, she has so many cool stories out right now that if you're following Parlay Points on odphpodcast.com or the Nerd Initiative bullpen, you know we're always covering her stuff because it's that damn good. And like I say, Black Sight is my pick of the week. So you definitely want to make sure you're heading to Comixology to go pick it up digitally. And then make sure when it comes out on Dark Horse uh, via print, because I'm pretty sure it's coming out then, you definitely don't want to miss out on that. A lot of great stuff at the comic shops. I could keep talking, but that's what we have social media for. So if you want to hit us up and get into more details, let's do it. But always remember, go out and support your favorite LCS wherever you're at around the world, because there's nothing better than going to a comic shop for some new comics. That said, for anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. That's it for this week. So for the one and only Paddle Juan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Kenan. Thank you for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time.